Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Arya Chapter 2 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. Gabby is still sick, so we still have Clayton and Hannah again with, with us this week. Hello. Hello. Uh, Chris, do you want to say the news? Uh, so the news that I have, it's not really that big of a news, uh, but basically HBO released that their viewership after Game of Thrones ended dropped 40%. That's crazy. And Almost little, half. Yeah. And a little snippet of it is that the size of the audience positivity exploded during each subsequent adventure in Westeros. They said that the first episode, 2.2 million watched the first episode, and then it spiked up to 13.6 million by the finale. Jeez. Wow. So a lot of people watched it, and then HBO went down. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was a big show. Yeah, so that's the news. Cool. There's no Martin message today. Sad. So. George is busy. You know? George is, I hope he's busy. He I really be, do hope he is. should be busy writing a book, <laughs> but. So our discussion questions this week, Aunt Katie answered them. So the first one is, do you think Tyrion will give the message to the king about needing more men for the Night's Watch? Um, she said, I think Tyrion will tell King Robert. I'm pretty new to Game of Thrones, but he seems like a small man of... His word, um, with a large butt of wisdom so far. But whether the king will listen is another issue. True. Yeah. And the second question we have is, how do you think Tyrion could help Bran? Um, she says, Tyrion can help Bran to focus on what he can do instead of what he cannot do. Yeah. Yeah, because he's pretty limited now. Yeah, deal with pain and hopefully teach him to laugh again. Yeah, that, yeah I agree Tyrion's with that. Tyrion's good at that. Yeah. Um, and the last one is, would you venture into the haunted forest? Um, she says to venture into the haunted forest is just what one does in these sagas. <laughs> <laughs> would we have ever heard of Snow White if he never, if she never took a bite of an apple? Me, I would definitely go into the haunted forest, especially if I thought my uncle Benjamin uh, was in there or even my little dog Pepper. <laughs> but mostly to prevent boredom from COVID. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That was a good answer. Thanks for answering the questions. Okay, so the review from last week, it was Tyrion's last night on the wall. He had a meal with the lords and maesters of the Night's Watch. Lord Commander Mormont asked if Tyrion could talk to his family about sending help to the king, to the Night's Watch. And then Tyrion had one last heart-to-heart with Jon before he departed. Today, uh, Arya is in Westeros, and she runs away from everyone and has a good heart-to-heart with her father. She learns some hard truths about what's going on and meets someone new who teaches her how to dance. Dance? Dance? Hmm. Dancing. Dancing. Interesting. Um, Our wine today, we're kicking it uh, real trashy again. Um, We're doing Arbor Mist today, and we're doing a white Zinfandel. Yeah. Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. Alright, so while Chris pours some wine, I'll read our fourth wine roll from the New Wine Rules book by John Bonet. It is, don't be intimidated by wine jargon. Most of it doesn't mean much. So he says that we should feel free to talk about wine however we would like. Some words are specific and technical and some are commonly understood. But many are fanciful and expressive, fun and subjective. A few are cliched, and some are essentially meaningless. So unless you're a professional talking about professionals, use the words most comfortable for you. 
That said, it's worth trying to avoid pretense. So he says, do you really need to say a wine has a hint of anything? And the word, the world of wine talk has a few common pitfalls worth avoiding. So he lists some of those words that we should avoid. So the first one, which Hannah, you'll probably agree with me, <laughs> it says, such a feminine wine. Uh-huh. Like, wine doesn't have a gender. Okay. You can use a lot more other adjectives. He suggests rugged, delicate, intense, or nuanced. Those work just fine. Don't say it's feminine. Okay. It's also pretty vague if yeah. you're saying feminine. There's a lot of different types of feminine. Yeah. Exactly. Um, then you could say, uh, the other one he says you shouldn't do is, this is so smooth. Like, are you saying opposed to chunky? Like, Gross. obviously wine's smooth. Chunky wine. Chunky wine, yum. <laughs> The, I'm guilty of this. It says, pour me some juice. (laughs) I always say it tastes like juice because sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. Juice is wine before it becomes wine. Bottles do not need to be crushed. So shots are for something with higher proof. Let the the term unicorn wine die a quiet death. Okay. He also says we should avoid saying cherries, blackberries, a whiff of currant, a red currant. So he said, beware of the fruit salad. It's fun to identify flavors, but a little goes a long way. And a lot will make people think you have a produce aisle fetish. So instead, consider describing the relative spectrum of flavor. So dark fruit or bright fruit. Mm-hmm. And then the last tip is you should not say you can taste the, ter- the terror, terror, T-E-R-R-O-I-R. Terroir. 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 You know me, good with words. And he goes, are you smelling and tasting distinct things, typically expressed by a certain grape grown in a certain place, or are you tasting earthiness? The former might reflect a ter... I can't say that word. Terroir? Terroir. That is how I would say it. Terroir. A complicated term that essentially means somewhereness, and refers to the way wines from certain places can taste a specific way. The latter describes the smells and flavors of things like fresh or not fresh soil. So to just avoid those. Don't be basic with your wine description. Yeah, come Basically. on now. <laughs> it's not cherry. It's a it's a dark fruit. Yes. Or a light fruit. There you go. Don't just start naming berries, all right? It's not smooth and chunky wine. Exactly. There you go. You got it, Hannah. <laughs> uh, but this wine that we're tasting is very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Some right. might call it juice. No. No, you wouldn't <laughs> we can't say juice. We just learned that. We just learned that. Alright, let's get into it. Alright. So Arya could tell that her dad had been fighting with the small council again when he came to dinner at the sorry, when he came to the dinner table late in the small hall. So they she said that they called it the small hall to set it apart from the great hall where the king feasted. Gotta make those two yep. distinctions. Mm-hmm. Um, then they brought out platters of ribs roasted in garlic and herbs. Yeah. And I thought that sounded delish. Yeah. Then Jory Castle says, I hear that there is going to be a tourney in your honor, Lord Stark. They say that knights will come from all over the realm to joust and feast in honor of your appointment as Hand of the King. And Arya looked over at her dad and could tell that he wasn't that happy about it. Then Ned comes back and says, do they also say that this is the last thing in the world I would have wa- wanted? And then Sansa's eyes grew large, and she's like, oh, Attorney, will we be able to go, Father? Completely dismissing how her dad feels. Like, she just wants to go have fun with Joffrey. 
Ned's like, you know how I feel about this, Sansa. I have to arrange the games for the king and pretend to be honored for his sake. It doesn't mean I have to subject my daughters to this. And then Sansa starts begging, like, please, please, I want to go. Then Septimore Dane interjects and says, well, Princess Marcella will be there and she's younger than Sansa. And all of the ladies of the court will be there. It would look bad if your family wasn't there, Lord Stark. And then Ned's like, all right, whatever. I'll arrange a place for you and Arya to go. And then Arya said, I don't care about a stupid tourney, knowing that Joffrey was going to be there. Ew. Yeah, gross. And then Sansa said, it will be a splendid event. You shan't be wanted. And then Ned goes, enough. If you keep doing this, I'm going to change my mind. I'm tired of this fighting between you two. I expect you to behave like sisters. Is that understood? And then they both lower their heads. I think they are behaving like sisters. I was going to say, that's how we were when we were younger, Anna. (laughs) So then they both lower their heads and nodded. And Arya felt tears welling up in her eyes. And she wiped them away because she didn't want to cry in front of everyone. And then Ned excuses himself from the table. And then Sansa turns to talk to her friend Jane. And everyone else turns to talk to their friends. And she noticed that everyone was talking to someone except for her. Oh, no one ever talked to Arya, but she didn't really care. She liked it that way. If she could, she would eat all her meals in her bedchambers in quiet, alone. Which, yes. I, I can relate. I can too. Uh, she said she wished she could be playing with her brothers right now. Bran, Rob, Rickon, John. But she was left with only Sansa. And Sansa wouldn't even talk to her unless her father made her. Then she starts reminiscing about Winterfell. They had always eaten in the Great Hall back at home. She remembered that Ned would always have an extra seat next to him and would always have a different man join him for dinner. Hmm. She loved sitting next to her father and listening to them talk. She could joke with them and play with them. She would even get scones from their wives and would play games like Monsters and Maidens, Hide the Treasure, and Come into My Castle with their children. Uh, Fat Tom used to call her Arya Underfoot because that is where she always seemed to be, was under people's feet. And she liked it better than Horseface. So I looked up who Fat Tom was. (laughs) (laughs) Brushing Uh, over the Horseface there. (laughs) Yeah, so Fat Tom, also known as Tomard, is one of the lowest and slowest guards of Lord Eddard Stark. He is fat with ginger-colored whiskers, nearly 50 years old. He is affable, loyal, tireless, and capable in a limited way. (laughs) So, yeah, that's Fat Tom. (laughs) Oh, Fat Tom. All right, but then she kind of comes back to Earth and she's like, that was Winterfell. This isn't Winterfell anymore. Everything is different. This place sucks. Really, though. She hated eating with the men there. She hated the sounds of their voices, the way they laughed, the stories they told. They used to have been her friends, but that was obviously a lie. Because she thinks about how they killed her friend Micah and no one had done anything about it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't stick up for him. No. Nope. Yeah. And she's like, even though they all spoke of their like courageous deeds, no one still stepped up to help her with her friend when it mattered most. Yeah. It's clear to see where the honor stops. And right. I was going to say, it probably yeah. it changed as soon as they got to King's Landing. It stops right. with the king. Yeah. He can be honorable, but then... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So she look, she's looking at the people around her, and she starts to feel sick. So she forcefully stands up from the table to leave. And then, of course, Septa Mordain goes, where are you going? And she said, I'm not hungry. Because she had forgotten her courtesies, which is in reference to her not asking to yeah. be excused first. 
But she's just so full of anger and resentment that she's just focused on getting out. She can't really think about the pleasantries. So then Septa tells her that she may not be excused and has to clean her plate. But then this triggers Arya who yells, you clean it! And then she bolts out the door. <laughs> right past oh, Fat right. Tom. Fat Tom. <laughs> so he, Fat Tom sees Arya running and Septa chasing after her. And he tries to stop her, but Arya slips past and runs up the winding... Let slip in between her le- his legs. I think so. He just slides underneath <laughs> just his slides legs. Under. <laughs> He's like, uh-oh. Well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then she runs up the winding stairs to the one place she actually liked, which was her room. And her favorite part of her room was her door. Because she could slam the door, drop the massive slab of oak with the giant bar to keep everybody out. So nobody could get into her room, not Septim or Dane, or Fat Tom, or Sansa, or Jory, or the Hound. Nobody. It was the one place that she actually felt safe. So once the bar dropped, she finally felt safe enough to cry, and she started to blame herself. She's thinking, everything that bad that happened is my fault, just like Sansa and Jamie said. So then Fat Tom comes knocking and to check in, going like, hey, you there? But she goes, nope, not here. And then Fat Tom's like, okay, and he leaves. <laughs> like, believe it. I don't know if he's that dumb. I feel like he was just like, well, I heard her, so she's obviously in the room. I'm leaving. Well, in her head, she thinks Fat Tom yeah. is easy to fool. Ah, he thinks I I'm not in here because I said I'm yeah, not. I know. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. So then um, Arya goes to the end of her bed and opens a chest with all her clothes. And she takes everything out to reveal something she hid in there. And it was none other than her blade, Needle. Yay! Needle! So she draws Needle from its sheath and stares at the sword. And all she can think about is Micah. She kind of just starts to blame herself, thinking, like, if she hadn't asked him to play swords that day, then he'd still be alive. And so it was all her fault. Aww. That's, like, a lot of guilt for a I little know. kid to carry around. Yeah. Ugh. And then Septim Mordain comes pounding on the door, going, open this door immediately. And Arya spins around with Needle and says, you better not come in here, and slashes savagely at the air (laughs) with Needle. (laughs) Then Septa threatens to tell her dad, but Arya's like, I don't care, go away. Septa was not happy about that, and she's all in a huff now, and she just goes, you will rue this insolent behavior, young lady, I promise you that. Rue it. Rue it. it. (laughs) And then she storms off. After Septim Mordain storms off, Arya turns to her window and stares out, wishing she should climb like Bran so she could run away, leaving everyone behind and find Nymeria again and go back to Winterfell. Or maybe even Jon, who was on the wall. Mm. She then started wishing Jon was there so she wouldn't feel so alone. The sibling connection them... The the sibling connection between them also shines here. Yeah, it's very evident. She heard a soft knock and heard her father's voice come from behind the door. She opened the door and noticed he seemed more sad than angry, making her feel even worse. Aww. More of a, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that typical that. dad thing, yeah. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. Ned walks in and notices her sword, asking whose it is. She says, it's mine, and hands it to her father when he asks for it. He notices the mark and recognizes it as Micken's work. Yeah, He so yeah, he was the blacksmith for Winterfell who we mm-hmm. met. Okay. Yeah, yeah. a few... So Ned knows him. A few episodes ago. I think we did talk about him. We did. We talked about it when she got Because, yeah, we talked about it when John went to go see him to get Needle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When he asks her about it, Arya lowers her eyes, unable to lie. Ned goes, how can I rule the Seven Kingdoms when I can't even rule my own household, since his daughter has a sword made from his own forge and he knew nothing about (laughs) it? True. He asked where she got it, but Arya didn't say anything, not being able to betray John. 
He said the swords aren't toys and asked Septimordain, what Septimordain would say if she knew she was playing with swords. Ari did not like that he used the word playing and goes, I wasn't playing, and says she hates Septimordain. Of course she does. <laughs> <laughs> Taking all the fun away. <laughs> Ned replies that saying Septimordain was just doing her job, adding that he and her mother gave Septa the near impossible task of making Arya a lady. Arya says she doesn't want to be a lady, and Ned's... And Ned says she ought to snap Needle over his knee and end this nonsense now. Let her be herself. <laughs> she doesn't want to be a lady. Ario replies saying Needle wouldn't break, but her voice betrayed her words, showing that she didn't really believe that it wouldn't break. But gotta love the confidence. <laughs> her father commented that now she gave it a name and talked about the wildness Ario shared with his sister and his brother. His dad called it wolf's blood. He talked about... L- Liana would have carried a sword if she was allowed to, and says Arya reminds him of her, and also looks like her. Mm. Arya was pretty surprised by this, since Liana was often described as being beautiful, something that wasn't usually attached to Arya. Oh, mm. That makes me sad. <laughs> Ned asked Arya what she intended to do with her sword. Who would she skewer? Sansa? Septimordain? <laughs> then after she knew the first thing about sword fighting. I was just a uh, comment on that one, is uh, what he said too, is like, Liana had it. Brandon had it, that mm-hmm. wolf's blood. Brandon had too much of it, and both of them died before their She's time. like really, really, very much yeah. a Stark. <laughs> and it made, it, they, and Arya kind of like commented like, she's never heard her dad talk of his sister before. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of odd. Or um, her brother, or his brother. So the first thing about sword fighting, is Arya says, stick him with the pointy end. <laughs> um, and Ned kind of laughs, he goes, yeah, that's kind of the point of it, I guess, yeah. Um... And as Arya sits there, she starts to cry because she remembers Micah. Um, and she feels her father actually come up and hug her. And Ned says, it's okay for you to mourn your friend. It's okay to cry about your friend that died. You know, it's not your fault. Don't blame yourself, though. That's the big thing. Um, and then Arya exclaims, you know, and Ned said, you know, it's, it's completely on the hound and that evil woman that he works for. And Arya says, I hate the queen. I hate the king. I hate the hound. I hate everybody. Mm. A lot of anger in that little Yeah, bit. and Ned yep. stops her and says, you know, again, Septimordain is just doing her duty, so you don't need to hate her, and I, you know, don't hate your sister either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ned hints, like, I know, and Arya says, it was all a lie what Joffrey said, you know that, like, and he goes, yeah, and he goes, what also a lie is I know that Namiri didn't just run off. And Arya kind of looks at him like, how did like how did you know that? Because Pool wasn't supposed to tell you. He goes, Pool didn't tell me. Mm-hmm. I threw rocks at her. I feel horrible with the way she looked back at me. But I had to throw rocks at her to get her away from me. Um, so as she's kind of upset, Ned moves to the window and tells her some hard truths about how he's feeling. You know, he's mm-hmm. feeling really torn and like he doesn't belong, and he hates this environment. And he says that there's a lot of enemies here. Um, he doesn't feel safe. He doesn't feel secure. safe based on, yeah, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, Arya, in all this time, you need to remember our house words. And she goes, winter is coming. And I'm going to read a blurb from the chapter here. So, winter is coming, Arya whispered. <clears throat> and Ned says, the hard, cruel times, her father said. We wasted them on the trident, child. And when Bran fell... You were born in the long summer, sweet one. You've never known anything else. But now the winter is truly coming. Remember the sigil of our house, Arya. The direwolf, she said, thinking of Nymeria. 
She hugged her knees against her chest, suddenly afraid. Let me tell you something about wolves, child. When the snow falls and the white wind winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survive. Summer is the time for squabbles. In winter, we must protect one another. Keep each other warm. Share our strengths. So I like that quote. I think that was really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen the show all the way through, you know that quote is really important at the end. It is. When the winter winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. So. Oh, I guess we shivers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yes. love that. It's a great <laughs> quote. Um, and Ari goes, "Okay, I don't hate Sansa. It was like <laughs> that was half a lie. So I like just kind of hate her. Just a little bit." Um, Blames her for said, a lot of stuff. Yeah, and Ned says, these childish games, this running off, um, we're okay in Winterfell when we were at home and it was summertime, but it's winter now and it has to stop here because now there's just too many enemies here mm-hmm. and we're not we're not safe like we we're in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Ned hands her back Needle and she's like, wait, I really get to keep it? And he's like, yeah, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> And so the next day, so they hug each other, and then the next day, all of a sudden, um, Poole escorts Arya to this small hall. And she's all confused, and she walks in, and this guy goes, you're late. Tomorrow you will not be late. And Arya's really confused, I'm but so- she's like listening, and he, and he throws her a wooden sparring sword, and she drops it, and he goes, tomorrow you'll catch that. Um, so confused and interested Arya listens to this man as he throws so as he teaches her how to stand he hands her the sparring actual sparring sword and she goes it's too heavy and he goes it has to be heavy it can't be light you know you have to be able to wield it and tomorrow you're going to be able to wield it Mm -hmm. and she goes and um, she goes well I can't grip it he goes it's going to be a part of your arm can you Mm -hmm. drop a part of your arm Mm-hmm. And he's just really like pushing it on her, and she's listening. You know, he tells her that you have to stand sideways so that you become you're less of a target. Mm-hmm. And then he says, in the third person, he talks of this guy named Cyril Pharrell. Um, so third person, so he's talking about himself. So who is Cyril Pharrell? He is so cool. Yeah. So um, <laughs> on the wiki, Cyril Pharrell. Um, Ciro Farrell was a master swordsman from Bravos, and he's known to instruct um, Arya here. But he his background is that he was a Bravo that he's from Bravos. Uh, he's a master of the water dance, and he's originally from the free city of Bravos. Like I said, he spent nine years as the first sword of the city. Mm. So I looked up what the first sword of the city was for Bravos, and. It's basically, he's the protector of the city. He's the first in command of the entire city of Bravos for protecting it. So he was that for nine years. And then he relocated to King's Landing. Do we know what the water dance is? So, no. I don't know what the water dance is. I can... uh, Actually, let's see. Water dance. So, water dance, also known as the Bravos dance, is a sword fighting style practiced, practiced by Bravos people. The sword fighters of the free city of Bravos, Sir Farrell, is the one that does it. Unlikely fighting style of Westeros knights, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But water dancers favor slender, lighter swords, like needle, mm-hmm. for a faster, more elegant fighting style based on sword thrusts instead of hacking and slashing and heavy long swords oh, or great swords. Okay. Um, 
A trade-off is that they do not wear heavy armor. Instead, they're very quick, um, and they put all their emphasis on speed. Instead of defending by means of powerful direct blocks with heavy swords, the style favors using greater agility to dodge or deflect incoming attacks. Interesting. So it's like a... So this is the style that he's going to be teaching Arya. Correct. So it, would, it would be like right. fencing. Fencing, kind yeah, of. Yeah, like fencing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, if um, you think about it, they're more graceful. They don't have a lot of armor on them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's Syria. So he taught her, um, he's teaching her all this stuff. One of the things he did, too, is not with the, I thought this was interesting. He tells her not to hold it with the right hand, hold it with the left. Because if you hold it with the left hand, everyone is, most people are right-handed. Mm-hmm. So if you're left-handed, it's going to take whatever your attacker is by surprise because you're doing it at a different from a different side. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of really cool. That is cool. Um, and then she even says something because he said you need to hold it and make it so that it's swift. And she goes like a needle. And he's like, you got it. You got exactly. It. <laughs> and that's perfect because that's the sword that she got. Oh, that's awesome. It's all coming together. Yes. Um, <laughs> so Arya listens to explain um, that, listens to him explain that she's not going to learn how to fight like a knight. Mm-hmm. No boorish, rough, clamoring like we talked about with these big swords mm-hmm. instead you're learning the dance the water dance um and he goes did you know all men are made of water did you know this if you strike them the water leaks out and they die hmm. okay right. that's one way to look at it <laughs> so aria and sirio danced for hours until every muscle was sore and aria never scored a strike on him that entire time Wow. So okay. she tried and tried and tried and never. Well, it was her him. first lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and they say the next day, the real work began. Ooh. I feel like one thing that I really appreciate about how he is teaching her is like he's not looking at her like, oh, we got a lot of work to do. He's like, yeah. we'll do that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's you not, can do it. It's not too heavy. It's yeah. part of your arm. Can you drop part of your arm? Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. he's building this mindset like of confidence mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it's like. You beginning. don't think about whether or not you can do this. You yeah. have to, and yeah. you're going to. It's, it's, it's a no choice. Right. If you're gonna do it, yeah. And the thing when she came in, he he kept calling her boy. Right. And then she's like, "I'm a girl," and he's like, "I don't care if you're a boy or a girl. You're gonna learn how to do this." Yeah. And yeah. I, so I, he just kept calling her boy. He just goes, <laughs> right. Because yeah. it, it's, it's teaching matter. her like it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what gender you are. You need to learn this. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, so that was the end of the chapter. So Ari's learning how to fight. That's so cool. Um, so, the first discussion question that I have is, do you think Ned Ned's talk with Arya is actually going to help? I think it already did. I think mm-hmm. so, too. Like, it's already, like, softening her with her view towards Sansa. Yeah, yeah. she did She did actually ask Septa for forgiveness. Yeah. I yeah. forgot to say that, but she did do that. Yeah. And Septa looked at Ned and was like... <laughs> and Ned's like, yeah. Yeah. Because I, well, I feel like he, like, acknowledges how she's feeling, but then is, like, showing her the reality of the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's dismissing her, and then that just hardens it more. Yeah. She's too much in her feelings and right. not looking at the broader picture. Right. Plus, like, so. Ned is coming in, also going, yeah, I'm having a rough time, too. Yeah. yeah. You ain't the you, only one. Yeah. You're having a rough <laughs> time. Together. We're all kind of having yeah. a bad time. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> It's just not a good time right now. Yeah, so she feels less alone in yeah. her yeah. plight. Like, more understood. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So the next question I have is, what do you think Ned feels right now based on his temperament? Uh, I'm going to say overwhelmed. A lot of different things. A lot. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I feel like there's a sense of hopelessness in there, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. what do I do? All the bad Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree with the hopelessness. Like, he feels like he can't win. Yeah. Like, every, like... 
not only was Bran almost killed, he thinks that maybe the king did it, and yeah. then not only that, but he's like, now I have to take over, and we're like completely bankrupt. We owe the Lannisters money. The Lannisters tried to kill he my was, kid. Like, what is going on? He was handed a mess. A yeah. massive mess. He yeah. really was. And it's like he yeah. just keeps finding out more and yes. more bad things. And like, now he's d- like, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. oh, there's more. <laughs> it just there's another page. Keep oh, on wrapping it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the last question is: Do you think Ned is grooming Arya for a greater purpose, and why does he go along with her not being ladylike like Sansa? I don't know. I don't know necessarily about grooming. I think that he sees something bigger in her. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 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 a potential. Like I think he sees a lot of himself in her. Because he talks about how he was so, she was so much like a Stark, like mm-hmm. she's so much like Lyanna. Yeah. She's, you know, she's she's not necessarily ladylike, but there's something there. I, I feel like part of him is like seeing his sister in his daughter, and like my sister couldn't be this. I'm yeah. gonna let my daughter be what yeah. she's meant to be. Right. Or if maybe he's thinking that's what my point was. Like if maybe he's thinking if my sister was able to do this, maybe she would be alive today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then Got again, you. Brandon was like that, and he's dead. So right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I understand what he's he's basically saying. Okay, well, Catelyn's not here. I'm gonna let her. Yeah. Do what she wants to do, but I'm going to give her the right tools to do it. Right. Like, right. And maybe she'll be better for it. Yeah. Right. Know, so. Yeah. He's really embracing the wolf's blood thing. Yeah. yeah. Getting in on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Was that it? That's all we got. All right. The Tyrion tidbit today says, the gods must have been drunk when they got to me. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I throw on some little legs and head. All right, guys, make sure you follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we are Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. On Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, we are Game of Wines 1. And on YouTube, we are Game of Wines podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Daenerys Chapter 3, so make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thanks for listening.